has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Light it up. Welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, your source for a high-quality, informative, and entertaining look into the Star Wars galaxy. So strap yourself in, because here's where the fun begins. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to By The Way, uh, Unmistakably Star Wars, uh, The Mandalorian Recap Show. I have Carl with me. Hello, Carl. Hey, Dean. Hey, and (laughs) when we start, I just want to apologize to everybody for... Uh, our episode four. Um, that song was terrible. I apologize, guys. And Meg's here tonight. We'll introduce her in a minute. And she likes music for a living. And so um, I know it was bad. It was music. She does. She music's for a living. And it was bad. Uh, my daughter sings much better than me, but it needed to be from a male point of view uh, voice. Um, but it's still, you know what? I put it out there anyway because you know what's you know what I. I I wish I could like do something for a living like all these people we see who are uh, creators and writers and actors and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of jealous of them. So it, there's something fun and, and just cathartic and just to, to be creative. And sometimes it just just it falls down flat. So if you came back for mm-hmm. episode five, I appreciate it. <laughs> and I promise this, this week it will not be me doing the song. So, But anyway, I'm glad to be here. And as Carl already said, today we have Meg with us. Hello, Meg. Hey guys, I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. I've been wanting to do an episode and I have been musicking <laughs> however Carl said it lately and I've finally done with my musical so I have a little little time back to talk, Mando. <laughs> and then the other giggly box that we hear is Eve. <laughs> Welcome Eve. <laughs> Hello. So finally happy. I, that makes no sense. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I am glad that we've got a bunch of the gang back together so that we can talk about the fifth episode of The Mandalorian. Um, So this is episode five, uh, chapter five, The Gunslinger, directed by Dave Filoni, also written by Dave Filoni, and its original release date was December 6th, 2019. So the first thing that we're going to get into is who or what collected the bounty for this week, and essentially that's just our standout favorite moments characters highlights etc so i'm going to start with the lovely lovely eve (laughs) (laughs) yes oh okay so what's my standout Mm -hmm. favorite scene or moment or person you know what oh gosh there was a couple but i'm gonna start at the start when he just blows that guy out of the sky and he's like that's my line (laughs) i'm like yes (laughs) Nice, that was nice. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna rein it in. I'm really excited. <laughs> being well, <laughs> well, to be fair, I have like two. So if you want to go ahead and list another one, we're okay. Mm. Okay, stand on the. Uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me let me let me decide. Jump jump to jump jump to another panelist because I need to think. I'm Meg, sorry. your standout moment. So mine was. A person, okay, um, who 
I, at first, when she came on the screen, I'm like, is that who I think it is? <laughs> and so I've been referring to her as the mechanic. Well, now I see in the show notes, she does have a name. Um, but Amy Sedaris was yes. on The Mandalorian. And she played the mechanic at Docking Bay 3-5. Um, Paley Motto? That's how I say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, I was just like, oh, my gosh. And side note, because I was telling everyone earlier, I just got done playing Deb the Secretary in Elf the Musical, in which Amy Sedaris played Deb the Secretary in Elf the Movie. So I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited right now. So essentially, you were in The Mandalorian just now. I was in The Mandalorian today. Podcast done. (laughs) You win. You won. I mean, either way, I mean... She was awesome. I just loved her character, like playing cards with the pit droids. Oh yes, taking care of Baby Yoda. Yeah. And, did you notice? I did mean, you notice the pit boy? The pit droids were cheating at cards too. Did you notice? No, that no. <laughs> they were that. they were passing cards to each other under the table. <gasps> and did you recognize? Like, I, I, her voice was familiar, and her face mm. was familiar. Did you recognize her immediately? When you saw her, or did it, it take you? It took me a moment. Because she's always blonde. Because, Everything she's usually in, yeah. I think she's blonde. Well, and mm-hmm. she is an unmistakably Kimmy Schmidt and looks very, very mm. different in that show. And I think that was really the last... Well, I watched Elf 2 recently, but like, yeah. And then I was like, when I realized mm. it was her, I was just so excited. Yeah, I was like, it's killing me. I was like, mm-hmm. I know this person. And then... When I looked it up, and it's like, oh, well, no wonder I didn't recognize her. She's definitely dark, you know, curly hair is not how she normally appears in things. Well, the Ripley look. saying on Twitter how... <laughs> yes! yes that's what they were saying. She looks like Ripley from uh, Aliens. I was thinking the same thing. Yes. Yep. Yep. This so, is a, a little less intimidating than Ripley. So this is this is yeah. now an Amy Sedaris stand. <laughs> yeah. How the kids say it. There's always yes, exactly there's always six it. or seven there's six or seven topics that we usually cover. We have to get back to the Mandalorian. Gina has to rein me in every week, but um, and occasionally she she goes off too. But uh, yeah, we, uh, we do that. So Carl, what was your standout moment? Well, uh, you know, one whole scene and a person in it together. Um, when they were at night, when they were going after uh, yes, oh. and so just the the bikes at night speeding and, and the flares going up, the speed mm. of it, it was pretty cool. And then it was great to see Ming Na oh, Wen in so there. Cool. I mean, does mm-hmm. she ever age? Mm-hmm. I no, mean, she does she, not. No, she, she does like not. She could kick everybody's butt, and she's older than me. I didn't realize. That. I, thought, I thought we might be about the same age, and she's like seven years older than me. And I'm like, what? What is she? I don't. Know, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know what she does, but she, you know, so she's. Uh, She's great. So I loved her and everything she's done. Mm-hmm. Love Mulan. And that was my daughter was like, "Well, that's the song we should have put in from last week. We should have done it this week." So I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> but uh, it didn't. You know, it's like, well, it. She is Mulan, but the training of the people actually fit better for last week. So, and I wish I still hadn't done the song totally. I guess or had hired somebody to do it. Um, speaking of which, hey, DM me or cat, get me on Twitter sometime if you want to sing. I will get, I will farm this stuff out. I need people who can sing this stuff. <laughs> you so, write um, it. We'll I'll talk about sing that it. Later. But that whole scene. <laughs> Oh, we got it. That's right. You music. So we'll get, we'll get Meg to do it. Um, so, no, but that whole scene together was just, it was action. It was cool. And then he got, you know, when uh, when Toro got up there, she was kicking his butt up on the thing. Mm-hmm. So um, just the whole, all the action together. And, and, and like I said, she's one of my favorite uh, actors out there anyway. So that whole part mm-hmm. together I enjoyed seeing. 
Yep. So she was also one of my highlight standouts, um, which I thought was so interesting because the new Mulan trailer just mm-hmm. dropped, and I was like, oh, it's just her life. We're living. Oh. We're living in her world. She's amazing. <laughs> um, but, but my other standout moment was actually the music that was playing uh, when the Mandalorian and Toro were like on the speeders, just like, yeah. Oh yes. I just was mm-hmm. like, I can do anything. What adventure? <laughs> this is amazing. And so I actually watched that scene like like five times in a row. I was just like, nope, let's go back. Gotta do that again. Nope, gotta yep. do it again. <laughs> yep. So good. So we're gonna come back to you, Eve. Do you do you oh. have another? It's okay if you don't. Do you have another one? I, it was so it definitely was the speeder bike. It was the aerial speeder bike shots mm-hmm. over the sands. They did that I think at least three times. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I just remember I looked over to Andrew and I was like, Dave Filoni directed and wrote this episode, and I feel like that's why we're getting shots like this right now. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, he's like, yeah, that's really cool because I. I don't know how versed he is, <laughs> but he, was, he tried. I appreciated it. Um, so, yeah, that and then seeing uh, what's uh, I'm sorry. Is it Fennec? Is that Ming-Na yeah. Wen's character mm-hmm. name? Yeah. Fennec. Seeing Fennec just like armored up. And that was just I just like seeing that in different brand new characters. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, so c- kind of branching off. This is not my frozen and carbonite moment i don't consider this a low light Mm. it's kind of like in the middle um i can tell that this episode wasn't written by john favreau because i believe up until now all the episodes have been written by him this is the first one Mm. by dave filoni Mm -hmm. there was like a tone shift and i wasn't really on twitter today because i didn't watch the episode till later and so i logged in and i saw people were like kind of divided i guess more and normally i guess mm. people are like yeah the episode was great we love it and now people are like do we love it yes we love it <laughs> so i i do like it i it was a great episode but i could mm-hmm. feel a difference and i had mm-hmm. to warm up to it for a second and i'm wondering if anyone else felt that absolutely yeah i think for me it was like you know how every season of a show has like that one episode Mm-hmm. Where it's like a little bit weaker than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in Stranger Things season two, episode seven, I think, when it's like, you know, <laughs> Eleven's backstory. Oh, yeah. Listen, yeah. that was great, but it was such a tone shift that it was, it threw me too much out of it. I had a little bit of that with this episode. Mm-hmm. Meg, did you feel anything? Um, I mean, not at first. Not. Until I really, like, after the fact and started thinking about it a little bit more. Um, but I th- overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a solid episode. So it didn't really hit as hard for me. It was probably because I was reading people's tweets mm-hmm. <laughs> about, you know, sort of the mixed reviews that it kind of made me stop and think. Um, and I was texting a friend earlier and she kind of pointed out some things to me. I'm like, oh, okay, yes, yes, yeah, I, get, I see where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I, it's not something I immediately, like, it, you know, hit me in the face immediately. Mm. And then, Carl, how are you feeling about the episode? I, I really liked it. I almost, you know, to me, I guess the things that it maybe made it feel different is, like, the first episode hits you with a twist at the end, and then the force use in the second episode. And to me, it's like we were, we, we've been hit with a lot of you know, very interesting and like out of nowhere plot points. And then I think the last two episodes have just been sort of just an adventure. And so I almost lump it in with the last like four and five together, even though there's different writers in that to the point that we're just sort of settling into him having to go through these adventures 
uh, these this little episode where you know he does something he he completes it and it's not really maybe it is building toward the end we'll see like maybe that last shot is mm. a little hint of what's coming but I, to me I didn't I didn't feel like it was any different than the rest it just felt like these couple of two have just sort of settled in this middle part where we're we don't see something amazing that's knocking us out and we're not really have haven't <laughs> built to the end and so we're just I don't want, I don't want to say fill in space because I enjoyed the show a lot mm-hmm. so to me I, it didn't feel a whole lot different Okay, so that that's I, great to keep under advisement. What were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say I I really liked the episode. I, oh, it, I it just felt like a filler yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's all. But okay. I like fillers too. Well, I mean, okay, so so this we're known for getting off on tangents. Because <laughs> um, I actually saw a tweet uh, later. I think I saw it because of why YB like retweeted it or quote tweeted it or something like that. We're talking mm-hmm. about how we're like in this binge culture, so we're so used to having mm. so many episodes that we feel we see how they run together, and mm-hmm. that's why we feel like a lot of things are filler. But like if we actually spaced out the things we binge, some of our favorite <laughs> episodes we might think are fillers. So I don't know. I think it's a very interesting discussion to mm-hmm. have. Oh, I like that. That's a good question. Yeah, so we'll have to wait till we get the rest of the season, and especially next week's episode. Mm-hmm. But my actual Frozen and Carbonite moment is the Tuscan <laughs> Raiders, um, because they scare me so much. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've noticed that the Tuscan Raider is actually the mascot for Unmistakably Star Wars. But, uh... I know! I know! <laughs> Oh gosh! Like, I got so excited when I, I saw them. I I saw it. I was like, oh my goodness! But then I was like, why do they look so intense? <laughs> and so Those actually, were like, I don't have I don't have any of our stickers. Or well, actually, I think I do have one of our stickers on my laptop. It's like the Chicago one. But I don't really yep. look at it because I think they look so intense. <laughs> so when I saw it, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's the eyes. It's just those. It it's really like the is. multi-layer of circle eyes. And eyes are my thing. Like, I don't like eyes. So, okay. We're moving on from me. (laughs) Carl. Um, Carl, what was your carbonate? I actually like the Tuscan Raiders there, too. They were calm. You know, like, Mm -hmm. the one in in New Hope wanted to, like, kill Luke right away. And so these guys were sort of standing there. And that that joke was funny, too. He's standing right there in the camera pans. And they're right next to him. And he hasn't even heard them or seen them come up to him. So Mm -hmm. I really like that part of the episode, actually. But uh, my frozen in carbonate, I guess, is we're going to go back to, to... Phoenix Shand dying already. I mean, that's a character I wanted to see, like, come on, come back more and see more of her. Mm. And because um, it seemed like whatever she's on the run for, my, my daughter was like, what did she do? Why are they after her? I'm like, it doesn't matter. She got, you know, whatever. She's about, you know, she's somebody they're looking for. They're, they're bounty hunters. They don't ask questions. But mm. um, so it was like, but if whatever she's on the run for, um, it possibly could be a reason to be. Uh, to be like teaming up with the Mandalorian, like you're on the run, I'm on the run. Maybe we could help each other out. So I was looking forward to maybe seeing her more. And looks like she is good. That's about all for her, as far as we can tell. Looks like to me, she looks like she's dead. So I don't know. But that's my I mean, I, that's my uh, she, frozen carbonite. I don't think she's dead, but mm. that's for later. <laughs> Meg, I mean, I hope not. So I agree with Carl, the lack of screen time for Fennec and what happened to her. I was like, come on, like, let's not pull another Val here, like cool oh, character, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and then bang, done. It's me now when, like, mm-hmm. come on. So that was, that was definitely the frozen and carbonite moment for me, but I, think I agree with Gina about maybe not being dead, so we'll see. 
Uh, are you? Is it me? Is yeah, it me? It's you. <laughs> I yeah. I, I mean, I'm absolutely in accordance with Carl and and Megan, but I think for me, oh, Toro just got on my nerves from the get go. I was just like, I don't. This guy's a piece yeah. of crap. Like, I just don't like him. I know this is going to end mm. poorly for him. Let's just get to that point. But did you expect, like, when she was? I mean, she was a smart. You could tell she was manipulative. She's been around mm. and. Mm-hmm. It's that same trope. You're like, oh, he's going to fall for it, and then she's going <laughs> to knock him out or kill him and be on her way. And so when they mm-hmm. had that turn, when he actually shot her, and, and, you know, I hated the fact they did it, but he actually did the smart thing. My whole family was sitting here going, oh, you <laughs> idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't listen to her. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. what happened there? So mm-hmm. did, did y'all expect him to do that to her, or do you think she was going to escape? <laughs> I thought she was still going to get away. Mm-hmm. I thought he was too wet behind the ears for right. her. Just everything we, that we heard about her, like, you know, on the run, you don't want to take her on alone. Me you can't too. do this. You're going to die. Mm-hmm. And then he outsmarts her, essentially, and kills her. Yeah. Asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, I don't know about that. No, I was definitely, I was like, how did you randomly suddenly get this smart? Like yeah. you, you took all her wisdom like that fast. You believed her that, <laughs> that exactly. Fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. too fast. <laughs> um, but so that's our our collecting bounty moments and people. That's our frozen and carbonite moments and people. Now this giggly bunch is gonna actually get into the episode. It's all the same. Only the planets change Every day it seems They're running away Another place Where the carbon night's so cold I stack up all my bounties In the cargo hold I'm a man On a steel horse I ride I'm wanted Cause baby Yoda's alive Wanted Cause baby Yoda's alive I take my jobs Based on how much one each pays And the species I meet Always go their separate ways Sometimes you tell the day By the fog that you see blink And when you're on a do-back You only smell the stink I'm a man On a speedo-back I ride I'm wanted with baby Yoda by my side. I wanted, wanted with baby Yoda by my side.
I'm a man though On a do-back I ride I'm wanted, wanted Cause baby Yoda's alive I walk these streets A face pulls plaster on my back I might disintegrate ya If I think you will attack I've been everywhere Still I'm standing tall I've seen a million ballets And I froze them all Cause I'm a mando On a Beskar horse I ride I'm wanted, wanted With Baby Yoda by my side And I'm a man. So when we first get into it, we're like in this weird battle thing, this dogfight, this bounty hunter is pursuing the Mandalorian. And I mm. think I loved the line where he was like, that's my line. Cause I was like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I was like, immediately I'm laughing. That's great. Um, and so he ends up outmaneuvering the bounty hunter that's coming after him, but the razor crest is badly damaged. So he heads mm-hmm. to a repair facility uh, run by Paley Moto and We've mentioned her, but it's on um, Tatooine. Did uh-huh. anyone see this coming? Did anyone expect this? I'm going to throw it to Meg first. <laughs> um, at the beginning of the series, I'm like, because he ran, <laughs> runs into the Jawas on a planet. And I'm like, even if Jawas can travel space, they're not going that far. <laughs> so I kind of assumed they were in the Tatooine area. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, wasn't sure how soon, I feel like this was a little sooner than Mm. I expected them to get to Tatooine, Um, but I was, I Mm. guess, pleasantly surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I I have a lot of thoughts. And then she's like, "Mm." Uh, I, so one of the things that I absolutely love about this show and just tell me to shut up if I go too long, but I haven't been on in a while and I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts about this show. But I, the, it feels like Star Wars, but it's different. Mm-hmm. And I, and I absolutely love that. Like episode three, I, you know, at the end, it, like at one point, I think Devin was texting like, did you see episode three yet? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't. And then I finally did and texted him. We were like, OMFG! <laughs> like, that is just such wonderful reactions right now for Star Wars because of how like just dismal things have been over the last two years, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And I like how different things feel. It's like, it is Star Wars. It looks and feels like Star Wars, but it's its own thing. So when we landed on Tatooine today, and I mean the, you know, all of us together landed on Tatooine today. <laughs> it was, it was exciting. And I was like, oh, yes, Mos Eisley. And then I immediately I was like, oh, no, but we've been here before. <laughs> so, yeah. Is that, is that laughter of uh, disagreeing or agreeing, Carl? Um, I mean, sort of disagree. And I mean, I, I agree with most of what you've said. But the funny thing to me, I was just sort of laughing at myself because, I, I mean, it was just last episode where I said, I'm tired. I don't want to go back to Jakku. I don't want to go back to Tatooine. <laughs> Let's stop going to desert planets. But I really enjoyed going to Tatooine in this episode. Um, it was fun to see the pit droids pop up immediately because it was like, and that's the great thing mm-hmm. about this was not New Hope, Tatooine. This was not... Um, the Phantom Menace tattooing, this was both. Mm-hmm. And so it really mm-hmm. did a great job of pulling everything together to give, you know, fan service, whatever you want to call it, but just to sort of 
please everybody about this is what I expect when I see Tatooine. And so that part was was pretty cool. Um, and actually, even if you want to pull a third thing in, I just got to ask, is it sad the fact that I recognize the outside of the cantina more from Lego Star Wars as opposed <laughs> to actually remembering that's how it looked at the end of the new. I went back and looked at a new hope and said, yeah, that's that little dish and everything. But I, I really, when it hit me, I was like, that looks exactly like how it looks in Lego Star Wars. And so is that, is that bad? Is that bad? No, I don't know. Nope. Okay. I think that's great. Nope. It means everything is an entry point into Star Wars. So I think they, it's fantastic. Oh yes, Gina. Okay. Thank you, Gina. Mm-hmm. You're so wise. <laughs> Um, I admit for myself, I was little, I was happy and then I was taken back a little bit because I was Mm. like, do we really want to be here? I think I was on the same page as a lot of you. But then I was like, no, Tatooine feels like home. In fact, every single time anyone said, oh, the suns are up, the suns are setting, I felt (laughs) like a little giddy. I was like, oh, the sun is happening. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to take credit for this question because someone else put it in the show notes. But do we think that we'll see Naboo, Mustafar, any other places? Ooh, Ooh. I think we will. I think it'll be... Oh, please, Mustafar. Uh, yeah, please. I don't know which one it'll be, but I think that, you know, a lot of the show has felt... And this, you know, we we just talked about how part of it was written by um, uh, Favreau, and then now we're kind of getting into the parts written by Filoni. But mm. we felt there was things that may have been hinted at about that you would associate with the prequels, but it's it's really felt a lot like the original trilogy, and this episode might have been, I guess, at least more concretely felt, okay, we're talking about the prequels too. And I think that's more, and the, Filoni, and Filoni and Favreau, when they're talking, they've talked about how Filoni was more of a fan of the prequels than Favreau was, but he pulled Favreau over that way. And so they both, mm. so Favreau appreciates it more now. But I think we will see probably some things that really associate us more with the prequels as well, which maybe thinks maybe Naboo or something like that. But if not Naboo, then, uh, you know, Mustafar would be cool. And, and Mustafar does fit more in where a bounty hunter might go as far as, you know, the the type of planets that he's been on. He's kind of staying away from, you know, civilized places and kind of stays in the outer wing. So Mustafar would be pretty cool. Mm hmm. I do agree. I, so I know later we talk about our connections, but if there's going to be a connection to the rise of Skywalker, then I want to see Mustafar just because I feel like so yes. many, so many things can happen, especially with Palpatine, but this is not a Tross podcast. This is a Mandalorian <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so once again, we see our Mandalorian is prejudiced against droids because mm-hmm. he like absolutely just shoots at these pit droids. He's like, <laughs> get away from my ship. Um, and then Paley comes out and she's like taking in the damage of his ship. And she's saying everything that he needs. We see the scene where she and the droids are like playing this betting card game and they meet YOLO. And mm-hmm. I, she just immediately like goes to care for YOLO, but then she's like, I'll charge him extra. And I was like, that's how you do it. You get to take care of the cute kid and you charge extra. Um, but yes. what I thought was notable about that was that she didn't know like what YOLO was or mm-hmm. is. So we're still on the same page. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I don't know how or if we'll ever find out what Yoda species is called, but it was not going to come from this woman <laughs> on Tatooine. Well, <laughs> well, one, thing, one thing I liked about her, too, was, you know, I've heard some other people talking about, you know, being worried that um, that the women might be more stereotypical or tropish and, and not so, di- you know, and the Mandalorian would be all tough and that sort of thing. And what I liked about Paley is that she she didn't seem to know how to take care of a kid. It was kind of like she, mm-hmm. she wanted to, yeah. I mean, she was, she had a, you know, a, a tender heart as far as we, 
But like you said, it kind of also was back to I could charge you more for it too. But she just didn't naturally go. I know how to take care of babies. She's kind of like holding it a little bit away from her, <laughs> and wasn't you know you know Yolo was not she wasn't cuddling as much. And then she's you know when she's kind of sleeping with him, she's like in the man crying, and she's like ah. You know, so I like she wasn't she wasn't just naturally good with a baby because she was a woman, and she was a really good mechanic too at the same time. So again, sort of busting some of these stereotypes um, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg, since you you played her role in Elf the Musical, did you have any <laughs> any additional thoughts about her entrance as a character? I just loved her. <laughs> I mean, that's all I really have to say. If they go back to Tatooine, she better yeah. be there. Yes. Yes. You know, now that she's like officially in canon, if they do anything on Tatooine, she could be there. Mm. Family mm-hmm. could be there. Someone could be there. So yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> True. Um, he pays her in these Imperial credits and he's like, I'll get you more money because it's not enough. Um, and so uh, he goes into this cantina and that's where we meet Toro. And um, mm-hmm. I knew from the get-go that I didn't like him. Just the way he was sitting. I was mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. you think, are not going to be good news. One, one thing that I... Did he sound like anybody from Star Wars? I mean, his voice, to me, struck me as somebody else that we had heard in Star Wars. No. He reminded me of a James Franco. And I was like, I don't... Hmm. He, you don't fit here, sir. <laughs> 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 to, to me, he sort of sounded like... Especially when he was first sitting in the cantina. Less like later in the shows when he was more exaggerated or yelling. But he sounded like Hayden Christensen a little bit as far as... And I didn't know if that was intentional Ooh. or not. But he sounded like Anakin, especially earlier on Anakin. You know, not the darker Anakin. Hmm. Okay, I'll be back in 35 minutes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm going to go back and, and rewatch because now yeah. I'm very yeah. curious about that. And, mm-hmm. and 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 I don't know if y'all, I mean, did you like the irony of the fact that they went in the cantina and that's where, you know, the the human bartender was like, hey, we don't serve their kind here. To, and now we've got a droid behind <laughs> yeah. the bar and that guy's out of a job. Yeah. Times they are changing. Yeah. <laughs> And did anyone see, I'm pretty sure that was R2KT, the, like, pink R2 droid. Oh, by the bar. By the bar, Did anybody right? notice that? Yeah. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I was like, it can't be. Is he still there? I was like, oh my God, so this is, this like is our, awesome. Our Easter egg spot everything episode. That's what I'm yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. that's going to happen with anyone. I'm, I'm glad it's Dave Filoni's episode. I feel like that's, like, the most, the, the time that mm. that would happen. Mm-hmm. So from there, um, he's like, do you have a job? And the droid's like, nope, we don't serve the guild. Even if we did, I have nothing for you. And that's where Toro's importance comes in because he's got, he's got a pretty important job. He's got a puck, and that's when mm-hmm. we get introduced into Finnick. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go after her, but I can't mm-hmm. do it alone. And it turns out he doesn't want this job for mon- money. He tells the Mandalorian that he can have it all. He needs mm-hmm. this job so that he can get into the guild, which I actually didn't think about till this moment. But I was like, oh, okay, we're learning more <laughs> through dialogue. You got to get into mm-hmm. it by yeah, and, catching someone. And just to back up a minute, when he was sitting there, he's sitting there like in Han's booth and he has his mm-hmm. legs up on the table <laughs> And when, you know, yeah. Hans with Greedo, he's got one leg up on the table to sort of distract mm-hmm. him and stuff. So it was kind of, again, he he came across as sort of a Han-type character, too. Um, just, you know, acting real cocky a lot. And then had to go, wait a minute, you know, and then had to sort of <laughs> show that he wasn't all that mm-hmm. cocky. Really like, okay, it's my first job. Mm-hmm. Can you help me out? I, you know, so it was, I, you know, we talked about Easter eggs. But 
again, these are Star Wars fans. They put so much in every scene that, you know, you, you could stop and sit there and f- there's going to be a ton of things that remind you of something from other Star Wars things. And, I, you know, some people might call that mm-hmm. fan service or overdone, but mm-hmm. I, I love every minute of it because I don't catch them all the first time, too. Sometimes it's the second or third time through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, isn't it funny that we all kind of collectively did not like Toro from the get-go, <laughs> but we loved Han? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And their introductions are very similar. <laughs> yeah. I yep. think it's because we've we've lived with Han, and so we're yes. just like, we know your type, and you're not completely there. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. as lovable. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But one thing I think is so interesting about him, because earlier I know we were talking about how suddenly it seems that he's, you know, outwitting this assassin that you need two people to go after and all these things. So um, the Mandalorian's like, give me the tracking fob, all these things, and he smashes it against the wall, and he's like, I've got it memorized. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't know enough that you need this Mandalorian's help but you're smart enough to not give him all the information mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just like it's the dynamics of how smart this kid is is all very very interesting mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. um but oh did you want to say something no I, I was just thinking maybe it was just all an act yeah could be true 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 Look, I'm too trusting. I don't think I would be <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Too far, far away. I'd just be like, yes, what do you need? Take me where Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we get outside and the Mandalorian like freaks out because Yellow's missing. But I'm like, you left this child in the first place and you keep leaving this child. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Why are you I mean, freaking out? Oh, Yolo. If he'd done that on Sorgan, he was gone a lot longer, you know, tra- traveling, looking around Sorgan. You know, what did he think he was going to do on the ship by himself, too? He just, he found his way off in Tatooine. Luckily, there was somebody there to catch him. So, yeah, he's not very uh, responsible babysitter at all. (laughs) And and even Paley says it. She's like, you have a lot to learn about raising, like, a young one. And I just wrote my notes. I wrote in all caps, I am soft. He is a learning dad. <laughs> like my Pedro feelings are, like, like at an all-time high right now. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, can I just gush about baby well, you guys named him yolo right so mm-hmm. i gotta i gotta fall in line so <laughs> yolo i that is the greatest thing that's ever happened to star wars <laughs> and ever will be i and i have to remind myself every week going into the episode i'm like it's not hbo they're not gonna do me a dirty like every single week it's 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 i love it and I love him very, very much, but it's also extremely stressful. <laughs> um, speaking of Meg, you weren't you weren't on the first few episodes. We never got your reaction to to Yolo. How did how did you feel? How do you feel about Yolo? Oh well, the fact that you're mm-hmm. calling him Yolo is like <laughs> like it's my brain is not quite <laughs> like attaching to that. He's just been Baby Yoda yeah. to me. Yeah, it's so hard. This is new for yeah. me. And I screamed at the end of the first episode. Yes! And then and then it was like Baby Yoda just binded the galaxy together because everyone was like <laughs> everyone knows about Baby Yoda, even if they're not into Star Wars. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I was yes. and forgive me for talking about this musical, but I was in it for like the last eight weeks. <laughs> and every like there's so many age ranges of of people in the show I did, and like the teenagers were talking about Baby mm-hmm. Yoda. I'm like, this 
It is, and like Eve said, it's pretty much the best thing that's happened to Star Wars. I don't know <laughs> if they realized this when creating oh, him, they but did. like, did they yeah. realize they the did. like extent of you know how people reacted? And it's just it's it's amazing, you know, and it's just it really. I think I think Baby Yoda's gonna bring more people to <laughs> Star Wars. I'm like, yeah. oh, I should check this I out. Agree. I think they realized way before oh. they ordered a season two before season one even debuted. Did not know Disney that. knew. <laughs> they knew going okay, into this. But do you think that's the question that uh, Regina and I have asked each other? Do you think yes. Yellow is going to make it into the second season? If yes. he doesn't, okay. everyone yes. will. I don't mean don't you dare. I don't mean he's going to die or anything. I, I just I think they're going to because it's, that brings up a whole lot of questions. Like you know, one, what is it that they're tracking? That's one question I think a lot of people have had. How are they tracking with these fobs? Is it like something they've mm. implanted in you? To me, it seems like since everybody seems to get a fob pretty easily, and they got a fob on a baby, um, you know, <laughs> I almost want to say it's almost like it He's works. Fifty differently years than, old, Carl. Yeah, yeah, fifty years old, but it's a baby. Come on, it's a baby. Y'all just y'all call him Baby Yoda, so come on. But he. Um, to me, I almost want to say it, it's not like t- we kind of limit it to our technology. Like you got to put something in, like your dog to track him or whatever. But mm-hmm. I almost want to think it's like DNA or something because it seems like if it was yeah. something he could pull out of Yolo, then he would have already done that. <laughs> and I think it's something that if they have a samp- the you know, sample, the sample of your DNA, they could. Yeah, midi chlorians or whatever. Well, <laughs> oh, it seems like no. to work on everybody, so maybe not midi chlorians. But I think midi chlorians are are definitely part of the show. Uh, but I, I just kind of wonder if it's like something like the DNA specific, mm-hmm. and then the little device somehow works in a in a magical sciencey kind of way to like be able to track. And so I, I almost want to say that what they're going to have to do with Yolo is send him somewhere. And I, I mentioned before, like to the Lasats, somewhere where the uh, normal people can't get to. to the only way he's going to mm. be safe. And I kind of thought that's what they might do at the end of the series, at the end of this first season, is send him off and have a new adventure next next season. But you guys think he'll be there for next season? Is that what you're saying? Yes. There's okay. so much we don't. Or I will not be there next season. <laughs> There's so many be questions to be answered. Like, how did Baby mm. Yoda mm-hmm. become Baby Yoda? Like, how did <laughs> well, it, who's taking Yoda care of Baby Yoda? Yeah. <laughs> Love each how other did very it much. Get away from the evil Imperial men, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And why did they need to find it? But then why did you know? <laughs> yeah, they one wanted to save him and one wanted to kill him. And so there's so yeah, many questions. Yeah, there's a lot. It's there all about Baby Yoda, which sort of tangent, not really. You guys know that there's a BuzzFeed quiz that tells you what percent Baby Yoda you are. And so my friend took this quiz. And I think she got like fifty percent. Yeah, they were like capitalizing on this quick. Guess guess how much percent I got of Baby Yoda? Am I hundred percent? Hold on, wait. Ninety nine. Um, uh, eighty seven. <laughs> precise number. Uh, this is exactly what I have. I'm reading the screenshot. You are not Baby Yoda. You're an <gasps> imposter. Who are you? And what have you done with Baby Yoda? We will not. Oh, rest how dare! His adorable face, little body, and green biscuit hands are safe. So <laughs> green, green biscuit hands. I live. Oh. <laughs> so everyone, go take this BuzzFeed quiz. BuzzFeed's not sponsoring. I'm opening this or it right now. <laughs> Mm. Buzzfeed baby That's gotta Yoda hurt quiz. when you get zero percent baby Yoda. I didn't even oh. think it was possible, but I did. <laughs> and with my hurt feelings, we come back to the Mandalorian. 
So Toro has these speeders, and he remarks, um, what did you expect? This ain't Corellia. And once again, I'm just like, you're not Han Solo. What are you doing? I understand that this is a whole place that everyone can be from, but you're not Han. <laughs> and they take off, and we see my favorite part, which is like them riding over the sand, the music, and then we get to my least favorite part, which is the Tusken Raiders. <laughs> um, but then the Mandalorian, like, barters with them, and he gives them um, his binoculars, which is not the Star Wars lingo for it, but he gives them his binoculars. And I had a question. Um, does anyone... So he was, like, using sign language? Is that how people communicated with the Tusken Raiders, like, in the movies? I don't or think that they ever... that they've, like, done? I think this is the first They didn't time. communicate. Yeah. Mm -hmm that they really showed yeah. that. Yeah, Everything they, was just yelling and beating before. <laughs> yeah, they just basically tried to kill Luke right away and then scared off by mm -hmm. uh, by uh, Ben, uh, Obi-Wan. And then they mm -hmm. kind of, they were kind of humorous on the, um, when they had the pod race and the Phantom <laughs> yeah. Menace. They were just sitting up there taking pot shots and everybody's laughing. <laughs> they're like, there's like a real race going on and they're like, I don't see if I can shoot somebody driving by. So, um, so there were, that's the first time we've seen communication with them, but I like, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that moment. Groundbreaking Mandalorian show. Baby Yoda, mm. Pedro Pascal, sign language with Tuscan oh. Raiders. <laughs> the funny yes. thing was, you could tell, like I was sitting there thinking, and my daughter was sitting there, trans she was um, translating it and it seemed to make sense. She's like, uh, yeah, he's saying they won't want to go by. Oh, they said no. Oh, but he's saying he'll pay them. They want money. Okay, and and so it it's like yeah, that seemed to be what they were doing with the hand gestures. Wow, nice, love it. So they continue on their journey, and eventually they stop again because they see a dewback with a rider, and it turns out it's a bounty hunter, and that's when um, Finnick fires on them, and the only reason our beloved Mandalorian survives is because of his Beskar armor wild mm. so they wait until the night and once again i love every mention of the suns and then there's this really cute moment where he's like sleeping or maybe not sleeping <laughs> and then toro's just messing with him and he's just like are you done <laughs> okay i have to admit for a moment i was like did he take off all his armor Same <laughs> and then like Brandon is not Fennec, you know, without being seen. Oh, my. Never once would that thought have entered oh, my I, brain, Megan. I had Megan. the same thought, too. It was like, the only thing that stopped it was like, well, he can't take the helmet off. Unless he has a spare somewhere. But it's like, right. hey, spare? He's got like, a spare helmet so he moment. can, like, do a scarecrow suit and walk around to the back of oh Fennec. Oh, that's like, so devious. So I just have to say, this is a, I'm pretty sure it's a family-friendly podcast. Um, and my parents listen, <laughs> and they're also in the other room. But I've seen Game of Thrones, and you know, there's like nudity on Game of Thrones. So for a second, I was like, "Are we, are we gonna see Pedro?" No, Gina, <laughs> Gina. <laughs> we would have started the show with that. <laughs> oh gosh! And we we quickly move on back to the Mandalorian. <laughs> um, so he has this plan, and uh, the Mandalorian tells Toro to like ride as quickly as he can towards the rocks, and they alternate flash charges in order to blind uh, Finnick's scope so she can't snipe them. Um, and it's actually pretty successful, and I'm also pretty sure this has been a while. Didn't one of you say that this was your your top moment? Yeah, that was mine. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, here's your top moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so, but eventually she does end up um, hitting the Mandalorian's bike. And while he's down, Toro like makes it up the ridge and then they fight each other, which 
she like kicks his butt pretty easily, but I'm just mm-hmm. like, you're lasting very like a long time. I'm very yeah, he surprised. did pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but he ends up losing, but that's mm-hmm. okay because he's a distraction. Um, and the Mandalorian's right there to help to help take him down. And I was like surprised how quickly they seemed to get up the ridge. It was kind of like. You know, one second you're down on the bottom and you've gone around the back and climbed up a rock wall somehow and got up there pretty quick. So, uh, and then the Mandalorian sort of did the same thing. I was like, the timing of that was like, wow, they got up there quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually went back and watched it a couple times because I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> actually, <laughs> but no, it's a pretty good fight. And I also know, um, I'm sure she has like a million other things to her credits but i listen a lot to this podcast called project tahiti and i know that ming na is on agents of mm. shield and yes. so, so she good. like does a bunch mm. of like black kicking on that show oh so she does like, mm-hmm. the <laughs> longest like amount of time that we can show her just like it's like it's like um cara dune all over again i'm like the mm-hmm. longest we can see these women beating people up ming na win is like the, the funny thing about her is like you think she's like Joy Luck Club where she's like very demure and, and reserved and then it's like then she's Melinda May on Ages of Shield where she kicks she has such a wide range of stuff she can do too that she's she's super talented with that too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very much so and it's been a long time since she's seen a Mandalorian she like makes that comment so I'm just like I need people to just like continue like teasing this thread of why were they in hiding what happened yeah. mm-hmm. why is the helmet always on i just need to know where have you guys been um but she also knows that um he took yellow and he wasn't supposed to and that's where she mentions that it happened on navarro and mm-hmm. i think that's the first time we ever actually hear the name of yeah. that planet am i correct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes yeah so actually i maybe i'm just like used to bad television so i won't say any of the shows i watch but one (laughs) one thing i'm really into as we go through the show i was like so much is revealed like little things like that through dialogue and Uh through through different like flashbacks and different scenes Mm -hmm. and i'm just like i just learned something new and i didn't even know i learned something new (laughs) like what little Mm -hmm. nuggets are going to be dropped on me today so kudos to (laughs) them hire me as your professional like pump up talker person please (laughs) (laughs) Hype woman. Yes, there you go. that's the Boom. word. Hype woman. <laughs> I will be Pedro Pascal's like hype woman, like personal hype woman. Do Can you- I be your hype woman to his <laughs> hype woman? Yes. <laughs> that's um uh celebration next year. It's just Cass- unmistakably oh Star gosh. Wars hyping up the Mandalorian cast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> done. Meg singing in the background, hitting all the notes. There you go. <laughs> yes. They all think that it might be sort of um, you know the. Dave Filoni is more used to writing in Star Wars, and and John Favreau isn't, and because we don't know really any of the names of the planets from the first half of the season, and then it's not like Dave took over, and he's like, "Oh, Navarro, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw that one back since you didn't name it," and I wonder if we'll get a name of the planet mm. where Yoda, where the Yoda baby or where Yolo was found too, because we really didn't name those planets, and I don't know if they were intentionally being mysterious or if John just didn't think about, hey, we need to like name everything so people will know what it's called. Interesting. I, I feel like that is really interesting. I never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. I feel like they m- maybe worked like obviously John's not the only one who's seen like these scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, so true. I feel like maybe it's intentional. But more than that, I think about like 
Rogue One, I think it was in Rogue One, like all the planets are named in things. And that's great so that we can like go back and say like, this is where we were. But I also mm-hmm. can't really tell you any of those planets. So I feel like there's, I don't know. I kind of like the fact that we don't know. And then maybe mm-hmm. it's just told like later in flashbacks and things. I mean, I'll admit at first I was confused. I was like, what's a Navarro? But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but I, except for like, like podcasting or like review like write-up purposes where you're like okay where were we all these things i i think most people are like Mm. oh they were on that backwater planet oh they were on that desert planet and so Mm. it's like i I don't know it feels natural to me yeah it makes the galaxy feel bigger if we don't Mm -hmm. know yeah that's true true. Mm -hmm. which i also think is one of the perks of having a television show something like the Mandalorian which I will also admit so like we had Yolo using the force and what episode was that it's been two 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 Two. Mm -hmm. so at first I was like okay what's what's this asset gonna be what is it it's Yolo so I was like okay we've got Yoda species (laughs) in it we're tying it together um and then he uses the force and I'm just like okay we're continually tying it together and then have Tatooine (laughs) so I'm just in a way, it's like, how close is this for me going to be towards what we know about, like, the Skywalker saga? And then how much, like, mm. removed are we going to be? So I'm also watching Resistance, and I think about how for the longest time, like, nothing about the Force was in that. Nothing about lightsabers was in that. So, I mean, it feels like Star Wars, but it also felt like it was Star Wars in name only. Because it was, like, mm. these other little people in this corner doing their own thing. <laughs> and so, like... The galaxy felt bigger because I was like, oh, this is what's happening to all the people who know nothing about the Force or any of these things. But then they start talking about the Force and I was like, okay, yeah, we're right back. It's all connected. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how I'm feeling about the Mandalorian, which is, I mean, not a bad thing. Mm-mm. I like it. So back to the show because Gina's taking us on multiple tangents. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can I do one more tangent? I know yeah, it's like completely ahead. off topic, but we were talking about when, okay, when the whole like possibility of a naked Mando because he was just like <laughs> trolling, <laughs> trolling Toro a little bit. Okay. I We all know that I am that person on this podcast. It's fine. But I saw a tweet that was <laughs> talking about Omera. Omera? Am I saying her name right? Yeah. Omera. Okay. Um. And it was just like, <laughs> Amara's that woman that just knows instinctively under that helmet is a hot, hot man. <laughs> and I was just like, it's true. It's true. And I wanted to tag you. I think it was super late and I ended up falling asleep. And I was like, I got to remember next time I'm on the podcast. <laughs> so, oh my yeah. Goodness, she is me. I'm her. Look, um, if Pedro Pascal ever decides to tune into any episode of Unmistakably Star Wars, this is the one. <laughs> yes, this, 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 Pedro. <laughs> oh um, so back from my tangent, back to the Mandalorian. <laughs> so like we said earlier, the Mandalorian's bike was shot. So he and Toro kind of like barter a little bit on who's going to go find the Dubak so they can all ride back. And of course the Mandalorian goes because Finnick and Toro have to like try to manipulate each other a little bit to see if um he will let her go and she tries to barter she's like we can still make the rendezvous on Mos Espa and I can pay double the price but he's like I don't care about the money I care about the guild mm. and she's like no his armor and he's like no the guild and then she's like <laughs> and she's like do you know what this man did on Navarro and he's like girl tell me what he do <laughs> And then one of the things that I think is the most interesting about that whole um, uh, 
exchange is she tells Toro that his name will be legendary. And from the trailers, mm. I always just assumed that she was talking to the Mandalorian. Yep. I don't know if anyone else felt that way. So I was mm. like, oh, she gave yeah. this line to him? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there was a moment before the Mandalorian left and he says, she's no good to me dead. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, mm, mm. okay, Boba mm. Fett. Yeah. yeah. No <laughs> Let's bring dead. that in. Yeah. That was intentional, And then too. get everybody talking about, mm-hmm. well, is Boba Fett around? Because yeah. mm. no. nothing, nothing had said, there was no reason that we hadn't learn, learned why she would have to come in a lot necessarily. Because it's like most bounties seem to be, you know, you can either bring them in cold or warm. So... Uh, mm. I'm sorry, that's not my line to say. I guess I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> but um, so it's just kind of funny. Like they hadn't really met an establishment that she had to come in alive, and so they just threw that in there just to sound like. But again, I, you know, if I, I loved it being there because it's just something to catch and go, yeah, you know, and it might slide by some people the first time, and they might go second time, they might go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Empire Strikes Back. So I enjoyed that. Mm. So I want to start with you, Eve. That whole yes. manipulation conversation. What? How did mm-hmm. you think it was going to go? Uh well, I mean, I I mentioned earlier that I thought again, but then you know later on we kind of came to the conclusion that his kind of disposition might have all been an act. The whole oh I can't do this without you, but then he's smart enough to outsmart someone who seemingly is a just total badass. Mm-hmm. So I, I just didn't expect that. I ultimately thought that this woman was slowly working her way out of binders and was just <laughs> going to use them to choke Toro, in which case I would have celebrated. And then she would have hopped on the bike and took off and maybe appeared in a you know episode down the line of Mando being like, okay, I still got to get this bounty because I need the money to pay off Pelly. Just like that's where my brain went. And it just came to a complete stop. When he outwitted her, which just I just didn't expect. So I don't know if that's really great writing or really not great writing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I personally think it's. I mean, not that I'm going to say Dave Filoni isn't a great writer because oh no, he is. That doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. But I think it makes more sense if she's still alive at the end. But Megan, mm-hmm. how are you feeling during that whole entire exchange? I mean, I wasn't. I kind of feel like everyone else thought that she was going to, you know, get out of the situation and and find her way um, off the planet. Mm-hmm. It definitely was not mm-hmm. expecting him to, like, shoot her in the gut. Uh, and then she was just down. I'm like, no, maybe she had a bulletproof vest on or a laser-proof <laughs> vest on. Yeah. And, you know, I was yeah. like, oh, man. So I, I mean, like, I think I said that was, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Carl said that was sort of our, like, frozen carbonite moment, and it sort yeah. of mm-hmm. maybe seemed anticlimactic. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm still a little, like, like, mixed feelings about it. Mm-hmm. So, Carl, I mm-hmm. want to switch up the question a little bit when I come to you. So, um, okay. someone already mentioned Val and Solo and things. And I think one of the things, so Val alone herself, she was an amazing character. I think she mm-hmm. she said a lot. She proved a lot when we first met her. But part of the appeal was that it was Tandy Newton. And mm-hmm. we yeah. know mm-hmm. from so many things, mm-hmm. Westworld, we know she's an amazing actress. And so we all already have these feelings about Ming-Na because we know she's an amazing 
an amazing person, an amazing actress. She can carry a lot. So when these characters, so we're going to ignore the fact that currently like these two people are women and people of color because mm-hmm. that's a whole nother tangent of a thing. Um, <laughs> but when mm-hmm. we think about these like big names that are recognizable and we know everything they can do, do mm-hmm. you think that maybe we're a little bit disappointed just because we have all of this background knowledge? Like if it had been like, this random like newcomer or an actor that we really didn't know would we even with all the talk up of Phoenix's character do you think we'd feel maybe as disappointed or is it it's Ming-Na that's part of it I think it's more the Ming-Na that's part of it um you know we do you know most of us here seem to really like her and the things that she's done and I'm a big fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. and different things too so I really like her and so just seeing her there um, and like you say, you're, you say we're putting aside the fact that, okay, we just killed off a, a woman of color and, a, and a being female also that, you know, those things that we want to keep around and that, so we're not even counting that part of it, but yeah, you know, if we're excluding that, I think we're still disappointed just because of who she is. If it had been a random person that we haven't seen, because nobody seems to be disappointed that Toro's gone, you know, <laughs> um, now we didn't yeah, like his, him character so much, but, um, it, plus I'm kind of hoping, cause like, you know, I think what they did with, um, with uh, Cara Dune was great because she was there, they bonded and, and mm-hmm. now she's not dead. She's still out there and probably going to come back and meet up with the, with the Mandalorian again. And they're going to form like, you know, a team, you know, I don't know if it'll be something that is always consistent, but at least, okay, she'll come, they'll come in and out of each other's lives probably like a lot of things in star Wars do and help each other out. And so that would have been somebody else. Like I had kind of mentioned earlier, it would have been cool to see that the fact that okay we're both on the run let's help each other out another person because we really want him to build I think I know I do and I just say the royal we when I say that but you know we really want him to build up this other network because he's no longer got the guild to fall back on and the covert is gone and so I don't know how he's going to know where to find them necessarily you know what kind of uh how are what are they doing right now? Are they just kind of in turmoil, trying to find a new place, not settled? And so he seems to be alone. So he needs to build a new network of people that could really help him because he's going to need help because everybody has a fob, as we're told. All of them have one. <laughs> so there's a lot of fobs out there. He's going to need some help. Eve, mm-hmm. what about you? Do you think it's it's because it's Ming Na, or you think that's just like an aspect of it? You mean my disappointment with yeah. what happened? I I I think it's. I, it's definitely because it's Ming-Na. I think, you know, a woman of color, I think her background, it's every single part that we were ultimately hoping for was just kind of shot in the gut and that was it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I really, really liked Kara, Kara. It's been said so many different ways. i said ways. Both ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I really like Kara and I'm, glad that she is alive and somewhere you know flitting about in the universe and that will come back i really do hope in some way shape or form fennec can come back because it just again like megan said earlier it feels like a vowel it feels like a waste Mm -hmm. the only way i could rationalize it in my brain if she doesn't return is that ming na is just a huge star wars fan and she was just like oh Mm -hmm. i just want to be in the show i'm awesome enough Mm -hmm. let me do it i don't care i'll die like Because I would be, if I ever become, well, let's be honest, I'm not going to, but if I ever become a famous actor of some type, (laughs) I would just be like, yes, I don't care if I'm on this slab. Like, just put me in this thing. But that doesn't, 
seem like the case or at least the road that Star Wars should have taken mm-hmm. or sh- or whatsoever going forward. So, yeah, it's I think it's all what it was it like a list of four things ultimately that is disappointing. Can can I uh, can I ask this question cuz to me I just kind of am reviewing in my head and we've had some big names uh you know Werner Herzog and different people in the show. I mm. would say that her performance was probably that the best I would say the best performance of anybody in the show um because it was it was I guess multiple layers to it. She was trying to be crafty and sneaky, she was playing tough, she was you know, she had all these different things and I that part too I think I miss. I mean, all these other people have been good, but they've kind of been more one dimensional and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I think her performance was probably the best of all. That's another thing that I'll miss about it. Mm. Yeah, manipulating, deceptive, mm-hmm. bad at yeah, it's a lot there. Mm-hmm. So go around real quick, yes or no? Is she really dead, Meg? No. Carl. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Eve. Oh God, why do I have to be last? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can I say no with an asterisk? <laughs> <laughs> so then I'll say no um, emphatically. I'll say no, like, with confidence. Okay. She, yeah. right. She's not dead. All right. So mm. we leave her there. <laughs> she slumped to the ground. Her fate is differently <laughs> compared to all of us. <laughs> um, and uh, Toro heads back, and then the Mandalorian eventually comes on the back and he's like, oh, darn. Something happened. Guess I gotta go back. (laughs) So he too goes back, and this is uh, word for word what I have in my notes. Toro has Paley and Yolo at gunpoint like a all caps dumb person. (laughs) (laughs) My dad walked by when I was watching it on the TV, and I was just like, if you don't get that gun away from my child's head. (laughs) Yeah, right. Facts. Which I think everyone felt collectively since we're all like so protective of baby Yoda. But I was just mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Um, yep. Did, mm-hmm. did you guys, I, I want to know, I'm going to start with Meg. Um, when you saw that whole interaction, how it was unfolding out all the way up to Paley, like going to like cuff the Mandalorian and she sees like the flash charge in his hand. She's like, you're smarter than you look. And so they have this whole shootout. How, how, how did you feel? How was your tension? Did you think Yola was going to be okay? What was going through your mind? Yeah, pretty much I <laughs> figured Mandalorian and Yolo were going to be fine. I was worried about Paley. Um, and I was curious as to whether Toro would survive or not. But it turned <laughs> out great for everyone involved. <laughs> except for Toro. And I mean, that's that's all I could have hoped. Mm. <laughs> Eve? <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I uh, I completely agree. I think it turned out really well for Toro, too. Let's be honest. <laughs> he wouldn't he have had he... no future anyway. <laughs> no, he really didn't. I mean, yeah, okay, so he outsmarted. But at the same time, I mean, he, he was manipulated, essentially, into going up against the Mandalorian. Like, mm-hmm. come on, son. It's not going to work. He, he got a little too cocky. He was like, I took on Finnick. I won. Yeah. I can take on mm-hmm. this Mandalorian. And you don't mess with a father who has to protect mm. his son. So Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, and so then uh, we're winding down to the end of our episode. The Mandalorian. Oh, wait. No. Going back first. Uh, when he shot Toro, I was like, he's holding 
this child in his arms. <laughs> where is Yolo? Yeah. And then everyone has this like really confused like moment. And they're like, where is where is he? And he just like walks out like so. And I just love when he just like walks uh. out. <laughs> like uh, we saw him before just... with the soup. We saw him before when the door went down. And I was just like, Yolo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my heart. I think Yolo has like the power of um. Oh, I like don't know transportation? what it's called when you just are. Yes, transportation. Like he can just transport to right. wherever he needs like to tele- be. Like teleportation. Yeah, teleportation. yeah. That thing. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's, it's such it's a short distance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh god, my I love it. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I guess I got a. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. <gasps> Carl. Mm. Oh my gosh, oh my I am speechless. Baby. Yeah. Oh On a podcast that's terrible. <laughs> well, okay, so I, so I know everyone. We all know about mini chlorians. Uh, whether you love them or you hate them, I personally mm-hmm. feel like maybe like part of the prequels was the the Jedi Council's reliance on the mini chlorians was supposed. To, it was supposed to them like be, them being showing us. It's not that great that we're so reliant on these counts. We're kind of falling away. It's why we couldn't tell that Uncle Palpy was coming. All of these things. <laughs> so and so, I feel like when you make it like the force too scientific that's when you're like is this what we really need to be doing oh, yeah and so i almost mm-hmm. like don't want them to make the fo- especially because it there's so many quotes and i'm gonna get them all wrong but like it's in all of us <laughs> cosmic force versus living force surrounds us binds us so i feel mm-hmm. like you can't if if you're able to take that ability from someone i'm gonna low-key be sad <laughs> yeah agree Oh, it's like every yeah. movie where my favorite person who, like, Rocky loses all his money. I hate when that happens in movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. They lose everything. Yeah. I'm just like, and this, again, yeah. it's just a thing. I just don't like it. Mm. My first thought was, I've never seen Rocky. That. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. I don't like punching Spoilers. movies. That's why I've never seen that one. I don't like punching movies. Oh, but it's like in the most inspirational punching movie. <laughs> Gina, I have also not. Oh my goodness, Megan! Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Megan. Okay, I mean, I have to say, interesting to me. I have to say, I like are... Rocky Four and Rocky Two better than Rocky, actually. But, um, but there you know, <gasps> Carl, know. we are. We need also, to talk. Did you know that there is a Rocky the Musical? <laughs> Maybe I'll do that someday. Oh, I will come and see. <laughs> Who, who did Amy Sedaris play okay. in Rocky? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so this is like coming off the conversation we had before we record. But um, Eve, when I watch Elf, when I'm 36, I'll yes, Rocky when yes. I'm 36. I mean, so you don't recognize uh, Grief Karga as Apollo Creed? Oh, that's a shame too. No, I, oh yeah, everyone gosh. else told me that, but I have seen the Creed movie, so I know that he exists and he's a person. Mm. And I'm what about Predator? Just that I don't like punching movies. The only reason I went to go see Creed is because I convinced my family to go see the Good Dinosaur. I was like, "Take me to this dinosaur movie, and I will go watch your punching." <laughs> and that's what happened. Gina, oh Gina, I want to hug you like through <laughs> the microphone. 
Oh, because that's that's another thing. Everyone was freaking out about Warner Herzog, and I was like, who? <laughs> like the Mandalorian's the first time oh, I've I ever heard like of this him. man. So when everyone was like, he's amazing, I was like, I've never. I was that Kiki Palmer <laughs> meme. I was like, I'm sorry to this man. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if he walked past me down the street, I would not know this man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> now back to our Mandalorian podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we missed each other, people. Sorry. It's true. <laughs> we are so, we are not actually sorry that you have to hear all of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um so the mandalorian um he pays paley and he's like will that cover me and that's the softest thing in the world to me i don't know about anyone else but obviously i'm in love with this man um <laughs> and <laughs> and so i here's a clarification question for me does she tell Ooh. the pit droids to like drag toro's body into beggar's canyon yes yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> love her <laughs> i was like yes if that's what's happening i love that <laughs> get rid of it and then we have that ending i honestly i don't know what was happening in that ending is someone coming for her body i think she's alive i don't know what's happening but that's how the that's how the episode ends i have mm. a theory of who that might be i do too okay. let's hear yours eve giancarlo esposito <gasps> i forgot he was in this show yeah oh yeah i've been mm. waiting for him and he is part of the underworld, and I feel like some stuff is going to happen. Mm. Um, I think uh, someone is looking for the Mandalorian, and it's just kind of missed him, but sees his handiwork, and that person is Sabine! Because he is really... Because <laughs> uh, the Mandalorian is really Ezra Bruiser, and so she's, on, she's tracking him down. <laughs> Do you know, every week I forget about this theory, and then every week you have so much energy that I'm like, oh yeah, totally possible. I mean, I gotta have the energy now, because it's gonna not be him at all. So, I gotta act like, you know, gotta have, I'm, I'm, I'm really being my, I'm channeling my inner, my inner Torah, uh, I'm gonna act real confident, and really, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Alright, can I ask a question that might be dumb, and we can delete it later if it's terrible? No such thing as dumb questions, go. Okay. From what we have gathered from the Mandalorian's background, he was rescued by the Mandalorians and then trained by them to become one. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, does that mean he is one? He is not one. He was not born into it, but he was accepted into it. So what would, if that is the truth to him, mm -hmm. could that alter his future? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. So I'm totally stealing this, this theory thing. Um, it's, I am so sorry. It's either from um, Star Wars Refuge or um, Rogue Padron or Sky Talkers or Blast Points. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> one of these four podcasts. So now everyone knows what podcast I listen to. It's one of yeah. them. Um, but someone was like, um, uh, the whole not being able to take off your helmet thing might be mm -hmm. a foundling thing and not like a Mandalorian Mandalorian thing. It's like a foundling mm. Mandalorian thing mm. since they were adopted into this. They're like, so you weren't mm. like born one of us. So you've got to like keep this on to be one of us. Oh. And so that could conflict with an identity. And I was just like, yo, I like that. Yeah. Theory. And so, I, yeah. I, I, I personally like that. think that, and I, I think we had kind of, Gina and I talked about this in the first episode, I think, I don't think any of them are real Mandalorians. I think it's just, um, and that's why their culture is so different than what we've seen in the Clone Wars and Rebels as far as how Mandalorians act. That, mm. um, and I referenced, there's one, uh, 
Chuck Wendig's Aftermath. He does all these... It, there's an overarching story for all three books, but then in between the chapters, he'll put these little vignettes of just characters we don't even know doing things in post-imperial you know, galaxy. Mm. And uh, one of them is a, you know, somebody, a former slave, finds Boba Fett's armor on Tatooine and, mm. and actually puts it on and kind of acts like a sheriff. Mm-hmm. He just sort of starts because it is lawless as we see everywhere so he just decides okay i was oppressed and i'm free now and i'm going to use these this armor to uh, be a tough guy and 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 fight for justice where people don't have now there's no law to stand up for you at all imperial empire as corrupt as it was and a lot of people get were downtrodden by it what a lot of people did like about it was law and order and now we don't even have law and order so i'm gonna stand up and be an example um and, and and do that. So I almost think that this mm-hmm. is a group of people that um, either is not Mandalorian at all, or there's very few. And the reason they're so bent on these foundlings is because they don't have any man- real Mandalorians or very few to repopulate. So somebody has just sort of adopted what they think their culture is or was, put their own spin wow. on it, and and they're that's who this group is. And there, you know, we might have real Mandalorians like Sabine out there too. But I, I, I just think that they're not, none of them really are true Mandalorians. So they've, they've in their mind, because, you know, we keep hearing about, we read stories, we read stories. We've, we've heard that a couple of times. Um, Quill, or Quill, or however you pronounce that, said, I, you know, <laughs> I've read the stories, I've never met one. And uh, somebody else, I can't remember who, had talked about reading stories of Mandalorians. So I think people have heard stories, and so someone has just adopted what maybe they read in these, you know, pulp fiction novels of Mandalorians, <laughs> and for whatever reason, because they were oppressed and, and, and homeless or without a, a group or a family started adopting. And, you know, there's probably after war, there's lots of orphans around. So starts adopting these Fallons and creating kind of their own culture around what they believe Mandalorians are. I like it. So I have a follow-up question then for you all. Is it is it going to bother you or are you guys going to mind that they're not real or authentic Mandalorians? Does that affect the story for you? No. Not at all. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Nope. And it helps me just because, again, we've seen lots of Mandalorians in the other shows, and now these don't seem to kind of gel with that. So it's like, you know, one thing people also mentioned is, you know, they, they're talking about tribe. Well, in the, in the other stories, we've heard clans. So why is it tribe instead of clan? So there's a lot of things that don't sort of jive. Mm. So that, to me, would actually make it better mm. if they weren't real Mandalorians. Well, and to me, you know... I can see, I don't know if it would happen in this season, but like, I think it would be very possible that we will run into mm-hmm. actual Mandalorians right. from Mandalore. And mm-hmm. there's that conflict there, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> Do you guys think that the the season we're going to mm-hmm. get of Clone Wars is going to affect how we see... Because, okay, I, I watched Clone Wars like once a long time ago, but isn't like the episodes we're supposed to be getting the Siege of Mandalore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So yep. maybe we need whatever that season is, and then mm. that affects like, I mean like Dave Filoni and John Favreau, like best friends. I'm assuming yeah. John Favreau knows something. I mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see how they the both series would affect each other oh, yeah. in some way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have to go rewatch all of Clone Wars now. <laughs> <laughs> um so the next part that we're going to uh transition into is where do you think 
next week's episode is going to go and i'm going to start with carl okay well you know that's a that's a good question i think you know as eve has already told us we still have john uh, carlo esposito who everybody remembers as <laughs> the mirror in once upon a time but um <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> that tough, gritty character, the mirror, uh, the looking, the magic mirror. Uh, no, uh, you know, of course, he has Gus Fring on uh, Breaking Bad and other shows. He, he's mm-hmm. great and everything. Um, so we could see him being a really tough character. And, and what Eve says, could, you know, that makes a lot of sense, too. If that's him or somebody who works for him, at least, you know, coming back and saying, hey, because she was going to meet somebody, right? I could still make my meeting at most, most ESPA. Mm-hmm. So somebody's mm-hmm. been come looking for, like, Hey, this this person was important to me. Who did this? Oh, you did. Um, no, I didn't do it. That other guy did it. Well, he's in Beggars <laughs> Canyon, dying or dead, you know, riding away. So we're gonna take it out on you. So um, yeah, I, that's I could see something like that that happening in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Meg, uh, to be honest, I'm I'm really not sure where I think something's gotta gotta progress with the baby Yoda YOLO situation here you know I think we gotta find out a little bit more information what what is the Mandalorian's you know sort of end game Mm -hmm. with taking care you know he made this huge decision to take care of the little guy and so I mean other than just like hopping from planet to planet there's gotta be more that's gonna happen um, I just, I really, I don't know. I'm just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of right in the middle of, of Carl and Megan. I think it's, I, I feel it in my bones that it's Giancarlo Esposito. And that is going to start like, a, I feel like a longer storyline of like, you know, like bounty hunter being hunted essentially Mm -hmm. and he ultimately is right now by proxy because of baby yoda yolo Mm -hmm. but i i think it's going to be more of a focus on him maybe perhaps for the rest of the season and that might in in turn enhance the storyline with the baby Mm. because then it's like okay well what's my long plan here if i have this you know underworld boss finding you know tracking me down from this place to that place and he's not messing around like he has people what what am i going to do about this situation what can i do i don't know what sparked this in me but it was something that you said can, can anything really break through the beskar steel do we know or is that pretty much like you can't get through that well he did mm-hmm. say in this episode it held up because the mk um, whatever gun, you know, blaster was at a, at a great distance. So, mm-hmm. so I, well, I was just going to say, I, I promise I was listening to everything you had to say, Eve, but you were talking <laughs> and this image <laughs> flashed in my head, <laughs> which is how, you know, it's like the end of the podcast. And um, yep. I thought about the one scene when um, Ahsoka and Vader are fighting and like part of the mask gets chipped away and she mm-hmm. sees oh. Anakin, but also when Phasma, like part of her mask gets chipped away and you see Gwendolyn Christie. And I was oh. like, oh. what if like, they're coming after my Mandalorian mm. and you see part of his and I'm just okay. Oh, I'm covering I'm, a like, lot of I'm like holding my chest. <laughs> Same. Oh Ooh, okay. that would be oh, you know they're gonna oh, they're gonna oh. end it with some 
big grandiose gesture like that and make us wait for a year or two. Oh my goodness. Not if I have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> the hype team. Alright. Um, so does anyone see any connections to Tross as we get closer to the Rise of Skywalker? I just can't see it yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe with the baby. That's about it right now. I feel that. Actually, the more I think about it and the more we ask this question, I stopped looking at interviews and things. So, like, the last um, trailer, the one that you see in the theaters, mm-hmm. that's, like, the last thing I've seen. I've actually haven't Same. seen any of the newest TV spots. I've seen, like, a few quotes from interviews, but I haven't, like, actually watched any of the interviews and things like that and so the Same. i have no way of actual speculation like any ground to say if the mandalorian is going to connect um but what i do hear from it, everyone's like oh you're wrapping up the skywalker saga wrapping up the skywalker saga so and the mandalorian doesn't really have anything to do with the skywalkers so the <laughs> closer we get i'm just like implications about what the force is and what it means and the state of the galaxy Yes, totally. Um, but I actually, mm. I don't see any connections unless they want to put Pedro in it. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'm not. <laughs> I, I still think it'll just have to do with whatever, because we still don't know who the actual client is. I don't know if Juan Carlos Esposito will be that or direct us to that person. I, I think that might be a mystery. We do at least find out about it the, by the end of the first season. Um, that whoever the client is, they're doing something, whatever they're trying to extract or extracted from YOLO was something that the emperor needed to, uh, strength, re-strengthen himself. You know, I, I believe he was, I don't know. You hear so many different things. Like he was never really dead or he was dead, but you know, I think he needs something, uh, more extra force power to sort of be reincarnated. And that's Mm. maybe what. The YOLO has to do with it so that would be the connection I would see um, to Tross that's the only thing I can think of I like that though I never thought about that mm. yeah I agree that that makes most the most yeah. sense I think than trying to like I don't know maybe like baby Ben Solo will you know <laughs> show up and, like baby Yoda and baby Ben Enough Solo enough babies <laughs> Oh. oh my goodness and on that note oh my goodness ending on ben solo that's amazing for me <laughs> <laughs> and i that- almost ended on kylo but i didn't want to go there <laughs> <laughs> megan did it for us seven blessings to you <laughs> yeah. you're welcome <laughs> On that note, we've given you our uh, bounties, we've given you our carbonite, that's our recap of the show. Up next is our closing thoughts. My jetpack is ready in case I need to take flight. Got my trusty blasters and I'm itching to start a fight. If my bounty escapes, then I guess I just won't get paid. These are the days when a hunter's fortune can be made. It's just another Mando fun day. Sweating in the Sunday. Shooting my gun, babe. My prayer's gonna run, babe. It's 
just another man open day. Ahead of IG88, I got to make the bounty all mine. Other hunters want it, they're all trying to cut in line. It takes so long, cause RSing doesn't fight fair. Out dueled cabane, but Bosque's already there. It's just another man open day. Sweating in the Sunday. Shooting my gun day. My prey's gonna run day. It's just another man open day. So don't forget that the next episode airs on Disney Plus uh, next Friday, December 13, 2019. Um, this one is not written or directed by John Favreau or Dave Filoni. So once mm. again, going to be super interesting. We'll see if there's another tone shift in things. Uh, don't forget to uh, look at Unmistakably Star Wars uh, YouTube page for great videos there about Mandalorian and about Star Wars in general. Don't forget to follow Unmistakably Star Wars on Twitter at UnmistakablySW. And Eve, please tell the good people where they can find you on the internet. Oh, well, I it just so happens I live on the internet. So <laughs> you can follow me at Skywalker underscore Eve and 17 other places. But we're just going to limit it to that. <laughs> and Megan? You can find me on the Twitterverse and Instagram at MegZCall. And Carl. Uh, yeah, just the regular Twitter. At, it's uh, at HasslerCarl. Also, uh, Gina and I have talked about, and this is just breaking news even for Eve <laughs> and Meg here, we've talked about Ooh. doing an episode even after the eighth episode of mm-hmm. The Mandalorian, just to sort of recap what you know what we thought about the series as a whole, and everybody's welcome to join in. Uh, the more the merrier on this, like a big just ending of what we felt about the series as a whole, mm-hmm. or the first season as a whole at least. Um, so if there's any questions that anybody listening might want to send our way, um, you could send it to carlhassler.usw at gmail.com. Uh, so my, you know, my name is Carl Hassler with a C, C-A-R-L-H-A-S-S-L-E-R dot USW, short for unmistakably Star Wars, and then at gmail.com. So I would love to hear feedback, uh, but it's, you know, a lot, any questions anybody has or comments they might want to make that we could uh, talk about, especially on the sort of recap show of the whole season. Love to hear from you guys. Yes, yes. Everyone, please send in your questions, comments, and everything. And then you can find me, Gina Sanders, at Gina Sanders underscore on Twitter. And I would love to chat with you all. This has been, by the way, Unmistakably Star Wars Mandalorian Recap Show, and um, we're good. (laughs) Unmistakably Star Wars is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods, the Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. This party's over. Move along.